Alright. So uh, we did chapter 7 last time. So we are doing Canto 8, chapter 8. That is the churning of the milk ocean. Uh, so I should start, isn't it? <laughs> okay. So let us begin. <clears throat> Sukhdev Goswami continued. Upon Lord Shiva's drinking the poison, both the demigods and the demons, being very pleased, began to churn the ocean with renewed vigor. As a result of this, there appeared a cow known as Surabhi. <clears throat> so there is a cow which comes out of this churning of the ocean. Surabhi is a cow which gives milk continuously. Okay, like uh, our dairy. You can go anytime and get milk from there. Not a cow, <laughs> dairy like, you know, like regular supply. O King Pariksit, great sages who were completely aware of the Vedic ritualistic ceremonies took charge of the Surabhika. Now, who is taking charge? You should remember this. Huh? This is very important because everybody is going to take charge of different, different things. <clears throat> so, who is taking charge? The sages are taking charge. Which produced all the yogurt, milk and ghee absolutely necessary for offering oblations unto the fire. So, there is a cow who gives milk. Whose, oblation, whose milk is then cur turned into curd and various other things like ghee and all. Hmm? They did this just for the sake of pure ghee, which they wanted for the performance of sacrifices to elevate themselves to the higher planetary systems up to Brahmaloka. So to go up to Brahmaloka, you should use pure ghee. Don't use contaminated vegetable oils. It is mentioned over here. So many thousands of years ago, they said, Imagine during that time also there must have been pure ghee and impure ghee. <laughs> so, doesn't it tell you that how advanced we were? Us time pe bhi dalda tha, malum nahi tha. <laughs> ya phir aur koi ghee tha. Right? Thereafter a horse named Uchashiva, which was white as the moon, was generated. Bali Maharaj desired to possess this horse and Indra, the king of heavens, did not protest. For he had previously been so advised by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Uchashriva is a horse which can, which can run the fastest. Okay, it is like uh, you can put him in any derby, yeah, he will win. Don't worry. So all the villain people, they have the great horses in the world. If you remember Godfather, okay, he had the greatest of the horses at that time. <laughs> so something like that. So you have Uchashriva, but it is owned by Bali Maharaj. And Indra Dev says, okay, okay, you can have it. At the next result of the churning, the king of elephants named Airavata was generated. The elephant was white and with four tusks, it defied the glories of Kailash mountain, the abode, glorious, glorious abode of Lord Shiva. So then the next elephant comes. Thereafter, O king, <coughs> eight great elephants, which could go in any direction, were generated. They were headed by Airavana. Eight she elephants headed by Abhiramu were also generated. Generated thereafter from the great ocean were celebrated gems, Kaustub money and the Padmarag money. Lord Vishnu to decorate his chest desired to possess them. Generated next was the Parijat flower which decorated the celestial planets. O King, as you fulfill the desires of everyone on this planet by fulfilling all the ambitions, the Parijata fulfills the desires of everyone. Now here it is not mentioned who got what. But let me give you the idea. The Airavata goes to Indra. Okay. And then we come to the 8 male and the 8 female. That is starting from Airavana. Okay. To Abhiramu. All these are the, the he and the male and the female elephants are generated. They, they handle the directions. 8 directions. 8 directions you will ask what? North, South, East, West, North, West, South, West. You know that thing, no? Is all those things, alright? And then there are two directions which are not known. One is up and one is down. Okay? That these two directions are not mentioned. It is like on, on one singular plane you have got eight directions. So we have to think in eight directions. After that comes two monies. Money means gems by the way. These gems are taken by Vishnu himself. He says, okay, I want to have them. Kaustuva and Padmaraga. After that comes Parijata. The Parijata flower 
is not with anybody who is taking it our great friend mr indra he takes it he says it's going to blow you know very nice breeze in my heavens so i'm going to take it over there and that is the reason why he takes it over there next there appeared the apsaras who are used as prostitutes in the heavenly planets 76 virgins but there there is virgins here there is apsaras these are prostitutes those are not they are fully decorated with golden ornaments and lockets and were dressed in fine and attractive clothing the apsaras move very slowly in an attractive style that bewilders the inhabitants of the heavenly planets apsaras the are the bewitching ones so they are also required so they also come then there appeared the goddess of fortune rama who is absolutely dedicated to being enjoyed by the supreme personality of godhead she appeared like electricity surpassing the lighting that might illuminate a marble mountain her name is what shri shri okay so she comes out of that ocean now the churning is happening and she is one of the by products because of her exquisite beauty her bodily features her youth her complexion and her glories everyone included the demigods the demons and the human beings desired her they were attracted because she is the source of all opulence right the king of heaven indra bought a suitable seating place for the goddess of fortune all the rivers of sacred water such as ganga and yamuna personified themselves and each of them brought pure water in golden water pots for mother lakshmi the goddess of fortune so who's come out of that lakshmi has come out of that and she is the effulgent one and so everybody does what they all want to offer her something or the other the land becomes a person and collected all the drugs and the herbs needed for installing the deity the cows delivered five products milk yogurt ghee urine and cow dung oh my god and spring personified collected everything produced in the spring during the months of chaitra and vaishak that is april and may the great sage produced uh, performed the bathing ceremony of the goddess of fortune as directed in the authorized scriptures the gandharvas chanted all auspicious vedic mantras and the professional women dancers very nicely danced and sang authorized song prescribed in the vedas so when lakshmi comes all this happens all right the clouds in personified form beat various types of drums known as mudangas panavas murjas and anakas they also blew conch shells and bugles known as gomukhas and played flute and string instruments the combined sound of these instruments were tumultuous thereafter the great elephants from all directions carried big water jugs full of ganga water and bathed the goddess of fortune to the accompaniment of the vedic mantras chanted by the learned brahmanas while thus being bathed the goddess of fortune maintained her original style with a lotus flower in her hand and she appeared very beautiful the goddess of fortune is the most chaste for she does not know anyone but the supreme personality of godhead the ocean which is a source of valuable jewels supplied the upper and the lower portion of yellow silken garment the predominating deity of the water varuna presented flower garments surrounded by the six legged bumblebees drunk drunken with honey so after so many things that have happened what are the things that are coming out of it there are huge number of items there that are coming out of this ocean <coughs> i shall come to the end and then i will go one by one okay slowly slowly so then valuable jewels came all right vishwakarma one of the prajapati supplied various varieties of decorated ornaments the goddess of learning saraswati supplied a necklace lord brahma supplied a lotus flower and inhabitants of nagaloka supplied the earrings thereafter mother lakshmi the goddess of fortune having been properly celebrated with an auspicious ritualistic ceremony began moving around holding in the hand a garland of lotus flowers which was surrounded by humming bumblebees smiling with shyness her cheeks decorated with her earrings she looked extremely beautiful her two breasts which were symmetrical and nicely situated were covered with sandalwood pulp and kumkum powder and her waist was very thin 
as she walked there and there, here and there, her ankle bell jingled softly. She appeared like a creeper of gold. While walking among the Gandharvas, Yakshas, Asuras, Siddhas, Charanas and the denizens of heaven, Lakshmi Devi, the goddess of fortune, was scrutinizingly examining them. But she could not find anyone naturally endowed with all the good qualities. None of them was devoid of faults and therefore she could not take shelter in any of them. The goddess of fortune examining the assembly thought this way. Someone who has undergone great austerity has not yet conquered anger. Someone possesses knowledge but he has not conquered material desires. Someone is very great personality but he cannot conquer lusty desires. Even a great personality depends on something else. How then can he be the supreme controller? So you will find that these, these are the problems in our daily world, you know. Somebody possesses knowledge but still he doesn't uh, conquer the material desires. So like that. So we will come to this line once again. Someone may possess full knowledge of religion but is still not kind to living entities. In someone, where, whether human or demigod, there may be renunciation, but there is no cause of liberation. A person may renounce, but he is not liberated. Someone may possess great power and is unable to check the power of eternal time. You may have the greatest of the power, but you are under the control of time. Someone may also have renounced attachment to the material world, yet he cannot compare to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, no one is completely free from the influence of the material modes of nature. Someone may have longevity, but not have the auspiciousness or the good behavior. You may live for a very long time, but you, don't, you want to be a lecherous person or you want to do all sorts of wrong things. Someone may have both auspiciousness and good behavior, but the duration of life is not fixed. That means the person may be born very auspicious and good and so on and so forth, you know. His stars will say, oh, he is the greatest thing on planet earth to be born at this point in time. Your natal charts, you know, like I have written about it today. So, you may say, oh, this person is great. But what happens? The person may not even live for a few days. He may die. He may be born and may be dead in one year's time. What is the point? Right? So, although such demigods as Lord Shiva have eternal life, they are inauspicious habits like living in crematoriums. And even if others are well qualified in all respect, they are not devotees of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So these are the various qualities which Mahalakshmi is looking at. She is looking at these people and she is thinking in her mind, Oh, this is what it is, this is what it is. Sukhdev Goswami continued, In this way, after full deliberation, the Goddess of Fortune accepted Mukunda as her husband because although he is independent, and not in want of her. He possesses all transcendental qualities and mystic power and is therefore the most desirable. All the qualities that she was looking for is not there in any human, any god, any demon or anybody in this world. All these are there only in the Divine Lord Himself. Approaching the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Goddess of Fortune placed upon His shoulder the garlands of the newly grown lotus flowers which were surrounded by humming bumblebees searching for honey. Then expecting to get a place in the bosom of the Lord, she remained standing by his side, her face smiling in shyness. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is the father of the three worlds and his bosom is the residence of Mother Lakshmi. The Goddess of Fortune, the proprietor of all opulences. The Goddess of Fortune, by her favorable and merciful glance, can increase the opulence of the three worlds, along with their inhabitants and their directors, the demigods. The inhabitants of Gandharva Loka and Charana Loka then took the opportunity to play their musical instruments, such as conch shells, bugles and drums. They began dancing and singing alongside with their wives. Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, the great shape, sage Angira, the similar directors of the universal management, showered. See, universal management. You see, I have been telling you, you know, these are the managers. Well, now you are getting the word over here. They are the universal management people. Uh, they form the board of directors also. By the way, all these Brahma, Vishnu and all that, they are the board of directors. Under them they have all these managers, low-level managers. And below that are all workers, everything below that. Okay. They showered flowers and chanted mantras indicating the transcendental glories of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. All the demigods 
along with the prajapatis and their descendants began blessed by lakshmiji's glance upon them were immediately enriched with good behavior and transcendental qualities thus they were very much satisfied o king because of being neglected by the goddess of fortune the demons and the rakshasas were depressed bewildered and frustrated and thus they became shameless next appeared varuni the lotus eyed goddess who controls drunkards so there is somebody who controls drunkards also hmm? with the permission of the supreme personality of goddess krishna the demons headed by bali maharaj took possession of this young girl so all the demons now they are taking charge of things you see the whole point hmm. o king thereafter when the sons of kashyapa both demons and the demigods were engaged in churning the ocean of milk a very wonderful male person appeared he was strongly built his arms were long stout and strong his neck which was marked with three lines resembled a conch shell and his eyes were reddish and his complexion was blackish he was very young he was garlanded with flowers and his entire body was fully decorated with various ornaments he was dressed in yellow garments and wore brightly polished earrings made of pearl the tip of his hair was anointed with oil and his chest was very broad his body had all the good features he was stout and strong like a lion but he was decorated in bangles in his hand he carried a jug filled to the top with nectar this person was dhanvantri a plenary portion of the planetary portion of lord vishnu he was very conversant with the science of medicine and as one of the demigods he was permitted to take a share in sacrifices so now we have dhanvantri appearing <coughs> he is a doctor right upon seeing dhanvantri carrying the jug of water the demons desiring the jug and its contents immediately snatched it away by force when the jug of nectar was carried off by the demons the demigods were morose thus they sought shelter in the lotus feet of the supreme personality of godhead hari when the supreme personality of godhead who is always desires to fulfill the ambitions of his devotees saw that the demigods were morose he said to them do not be aggrieved by my own energy i shall bewilder the demons by creating a quarrel among them in this way i shall fulfill your desires to have the nectar o king a quarrel then arose among the demons over who would get the nectar first each of them you cannot drink it first i must drink it first me first not you so this kind of argument started happening some of the demons said all the demigods have taken part in the churning of milk now as everyone has equal right to partake in any public sacrifice according to the eter- eternal religion system it is befitting that the demigods now have the share of the nectar oking in this way the weaker demons forbade the stronger demons to take the nectar the supreme personality of godhead vishnu who can counteract any unfavorable situation then assume the form of an extremely beautiful woman the incarnation of a woman mohini murti was most pleasing to the mind her complexion resembled in color to a newly grown blackish lotus and every part of her body was beautifully situated her ears were equally decorated and with earrings her cheeks were very beautiful her nose was raised and her face full of youthful luster her large breasts made her waist seem very thin attracted by the aroma of her face and body bumblebees hummed around her and thus her eyes were restless her hair which was extremely beautiful was garlanded with mallika flowers her attractively constructed neck was decorated with a necklace and other ornaments her arms were decorated with bangles her body was covered with a clean sari and her breast seemed like islands in the ocean of beauty her legs were decorated with ankle bells because of the movement of her eyebrows she smiled with shyness and glanced over the demons and all the demons were saturated with lusty desires and every one of them desired to possess her so now we have come to the end of the chapter so we are going to start all over again no <laughs> so you need to know what exactly is happening in this whole thing the churning of the ocean we have in our world churning happening to us on a daily basis you know we have the churning happens in us is not there is no such place that there is an ocean somewhere or mountain somewhere some i don't know all these things you have to know that they all happen inside of you they are not happening anywhere outside the first time many a times you know i have said the first time you are hearing this word first time you are hearing this word 
Today you heard the word that they are the gods, are the managers. They manage the whole universe. They manage your entire being. They manage the entire creation. So like we have the three dimensional aspect of it. One is the macrocosm, one is the microcosm and one is the heavenly planets that is there. So these are the three things that are there. So likewise let us see how this thing is distributed equally. So we will go down to the basics and try to understand what is this churning of the ocean, why it happens, wherefore these things are happening. Churning of the ocean is nothing but when you have various kinds of things happening inside of you. Even a thought, even a process of going towards certain things. Sometimes the churning is very very deep and very long. Sometimes it is very strong, sometimes it is not strong at all. When it is not strong at all, you have finished your job very fast and you are gone away from there. That means, let us say you are going say let, uh, you are going to the market to buy something. You think about it ten times, you come back to the place, look at it. Again you go somewhere else, think about it, come back and say finally, okay, okay, finally I will buy this. It's like when you want to buy some computer or something, how do you do? You go to 10 different places, you look out for the rates, you negotiate, you try to find out what is the best deal available, so on and so forth. So basically you are doing sort of a churning only, there is nothing beyond that. We are just agitating our mind to get an answer. So like I said, you know, the churning happens inside of us. Last week we had ended at a point where I said the balance of the two bodies that are there up and down, right? The churning is happening on, on inside somewhere in the middle and the top portion is taken up by the gods and the bottom portion is taken up by the demons. So what is exactly happening? You will always find the why is the bottom always taken up by the demons because in our world we always say na, hell, go to hell, hell is always down. We don't say go to hell. We don't look up and we say that. <laughs> so we say go, we go God in heaven. And we say the, the, the devil lives in the hell below. It's a way of saying, but you have to understand even in our world, when a person is very positively motivated, he always looks up. When he is depressed and when he doesn't want to do anything in the world and he just wants to, you know, while away time or he is under the tamasic state, he is always looking down, wants to sleep. You sleep with your head on, on the desk na, in school, <laughs> you, don't, you don't sleep like this up. <laughs> so tamas drives us at the pits, at the bottom. And the place at the bottom is supposed to be the demons and on top is supposed to be the God, supposed, supposed to be. Not necessarily that way. You have to understand that there is always a positive and a negative coming together simultaneously. Let us say if if there is a goddess called Lakshmi coming, she always will have a shadow which is called a Lakshmi. It comes along with it. Alright. So, if there is a beauty, then the beauty will come with its, you know, negative qualities also. So, likewise, you will find that everything. So, churning is a regular activity that happens in our world. Whether we are in office, whether we are at home, whether we are going out or doing whatever in our world, you know. Whether it's a matter of taking a very serious decision in life or whether you are taking a stupid decision in life also. It, everything is like that. So, churning is like a regular feature. But here, we are talking about the churning of the oceans where all the gods and the demons are fighting with each other. They are, they are on two sides and that is... Now let us see what is all that is coming out of it. So when the churning happens, first the halahal comes. That is the poison. Why is the poison coming? The poison comes because you know we always want to first see what are the negative points of everything. You know that or you don't know that? <laughs> so you see a very nice stuff and then you go and assess it. What happens? We always want to first take out all the venom that is there. And it has to be drunk by the Lord called Shiva. In the last chapter we did that. He comes and he drinks that. That is why he is called Nilakantha. Shiva stays where? Shiva stays in Kailasha. Isn't it? Kailash, Kailashapati. Hmm? Kailasha is the head portion. Head. 
the brain portion he is always staying in the the portion up over there so it is an organ which naturally does a lot of assessment and so on and so forth it is it's a very very tremendously powerful chip it works in all directions it has got lot of stuff going around over there so it is doing all sorts of deciphering the information is a very interesting uh, instrument right so you will find that people like say uh, einstein and all they had fabulous brains we used to call them uh, brainy guy characters so the thing which happens is whenever this thing which is called the negative element which comes into the play our brain starts the function of absorbing the negativity it starts taking in and it tries to understand what is wrong with it think about it now today uh, we have test engineers and all these people there are certain things in front of you what do you do you first look at that problem isn't it and then first you try to find out all the glitches in the system the glitches isn't it there are lots of glitches there are lots of problems in the system which you have to start eliminating one by one otherwise you are not going to have a right product isn't it so in our life also first we have to start removing all the negativities all the problems that are there so start eliminating the problems think about it from the point of view is somebody wants to get married all right now before a girl gets married do you know what all she does okay first and foremost she goes under a terrible diet crash program she is well well built and all she will go to the gym she will reduce her size she will do all sorts of things right or let us say you are going for an interview you have to read the books you have to go and refresh your memories you do so many things in the world you know you cannot even imagine so that is a refresh program that you do so before you go you have to do all these kind of things right then what else you have to do you have to go to the beautician right so whatever flaws that are there any pimples are coming over here can you imagine a pimply bride no i cannot imagine all right you cannot imagine a girl with lot of pimples going for the marriage no so her skin has to be clean so she goes for that thereafter she will go and do mehndi uh, remember all those things and there was one humpty sharma ki dulaniya and all that she goes to delhi to buy one you know that uh, garment of hers costing 5 lakh of rupees so you have to dress yourself up nicely so these are removing the flaws from the system the system has its own problems so you cannot wear a t-shirt and a pant and go for marriage you know you can't think about it even if you go for a christian wedding you see the bride has to look chaka chak white right like white big thing with the train flowing and all the girls are there's the, you know all the uh, girls all everybody going over there is so looking good and gorgeous maybe only for a day <laughs> after that dhulai starts anyway so just like that so even in our material world if we are going for let us say an interview we better be dressed properly i have to have a coat i have to have a tie or something like that i i don't know unless and until you are meeting mark zuckerberg you can wear your old t-shirt and jeans and go for a interview no problem he will allow you <laughs> but otherwise you have to wear some nice clothes so you better go into your wardrobe and see yes i have got good clothes now so this is what your brain does does assessment and then it removes the flaws from the system think about it naturally in our world this is exactly what happens everything which is venomous everything which is dangerous everything that is not correct is removed right after that comes what after that comes the various other things so now we will go step by step all right so now shivji has come and he has drunk the poison and he has gone now we are starting the new chapter no so let us stay on from there then comes surubhi now surubhi is supposed to be the cow and what is she important for for giving see remember she is important for giving ghee 
rest milk and all is yes that is the first product after that you have to convert it into ghee curd and all that stuff so we do panchamrut no panchamrut you know what panchamrut is all about you use milk ha huh? then you use curd right then you use ghee then you use madhu that is that uh, to add sweetness into it correct honey like that so these are ingredients added but more three most important three ingredients are these milk curd and ghee now it is mentioned over here in this book that ghee is the most important ingredient okay so for any activity for any kind of sacrifice that is to be done ghee is very important what is a ghee ghee is a lubricant sir lubricant smoothens grease lagata hai na wheel ko grease lagayega to mast chalta hai hmm what you want to get some of your papers cleared in the government dena padta hai na grease <laughs> for every activity which is called a sacrifice you have to pay for it by means of little bit of grease greasing the palms we say no ghee lagana padega imagine you met a beautiful girl and uh, the first thing that you look at her and you tell her you know there are many more beautiful people like you alle she'll give you two tight slaps and walk away from there no 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 you have to grease her first you have to say you are the most beautiful thing in the world tumhare jaise koi dikhti nahi hai tumhare jaise hai nahi koi matlab tum aisi ho tum waisi ho chand ka tukda bhi that you know all the thing that is called greasing <laughs> before you do any sacrifice you know that sacrifice the greasing is very important ghee is the most important ingredient for getting anything done now you may say that oh this is a material worldly thing but inside our body simply i will give you the example you know we people get arthritis in the older age or arthritis you know either either bones are creaking like <laughs> and things are going wrong you can't move your legs and everything goes my oh my god my back my leg my this people say old people say no i mean i also say that <laughs> I am also old, so that is because the thing which is inside our bones is gone. The smoothness is gone. The liquid is not there. When your when your mouth becomes dry, you know there is a problem. When now Brito will tell you when his eyes become dry, hmm, he has to put those eye drops or something like that. greasing is required sir for everything ha ah, think about it for everything in this world grease which means ghee for every sacrifice there has to be a ghee so this cow is that which produces all the important stuff in our body whether you take from tip to toe where is it everywhere no for the skin it is called sebaceous glands you have heard of sebaceous glands or no <laughs> yeah yeah so, i mean some of you have forgotten see look at chitti is looking blank well sebaceous glands are oil glands college chuta me nahi phir bhi bhul gaya sab school mein padha tha wo sab bhul gaya that is the whole problem sebaceous glands we have oil glands all over if your skin is not oily it becomes dry flaky you know that no same way our hair if it doesn't have the oil in it oil means if it is not nicely lubricated you get what is called as the bhusa in your hair no dandruff <laughs> right now think about it california no water the land has become flaky like you know this <laughs> so greasing is very important so oil you understand this is what is important so our full body is covered with this surubi's special creation and she lives with everybody whether the demons or the god she is there with everybody 
All right. Then we come to Airavat. Correct or no? Yes. Then comes Uchishrava. Horse. He is taken up by the demons. You know the fastest thing in our world which destroys us is what? Negative thoughts. <laughs> so they are the fastest. You, I mean think about it. Alright. Now you, anything that is happening. Now let us say when you are going to buy, um, when you are going for your result, you know result. Okay. The thing is, oh my God, I didn't do paper 2 and paper 3. I have not done very well. I am going to fail. So you start from below. <laughs> you don't want to see from top. You want to see from below. List niche se aisa upar jayenge. Sir, upar se niche ho. Nahi nahi nahi. I didn't do well in two subjects, no. So I got to see from below only. So <laughs> our world is full of that only negative. Koi bhi cheez ko log dekhte. And negative thoughts are so fast. Thapak they will come. It's the fastest horse. The, the way in which the thought progresses like that is negative. So we are always living by this kind of a thing called negativity. Then we come to the next elephant called Airavata. Airavata is a very strong elephant, remember this. He is the grandeur and the glory. So anybody who is rich, grand and glory, glorious person, you will find him is roaming around with the chest out and all that. Okay, now, don't tell me about Bill Gates and all. That's a different story. But in olden times when they were kings, they like Sri Datta Vadiar, you know, king of uh, Mysore, how he used to be. <clears throat> like that. So you will find that all the kings and all, they have that glory in them. They walk like that. They will sit on top of the elephant. Sitting on top of the elephant. Okay. That elephant is nothing but grandeur and glory. Right? Then there are directions of the elephant in eight directions. Why do they go in eight directions and do the directions come together or they go to outwards? The all outward direction there. That means the arrow is always pointing outwards. Arrow is never pointing inwards. You know that. Because a movement is always like that. We want to always look out, never inwards. So that is the next one. Then we come to Hmm. The monies. Monies are the grand. They basically see, understand this. The two monies that are there Kaustub and Padmara. Now, what is this? One is it's, it's something which adorns, adorns somebody. Now, the priceless gems. You know, two days ago, I just posted in one of my updates about a place from where 300 million dollars worth of goods were, were taken away by the thieves. I'm sure you read that. Now if there is a costliest painting in the world, who will keep it? Somebody who can afford it. Secondly, somebody who can definitely, uh, you know, guard it nicely. So now why is Louvre having all those beautiful paintings over there? Because they must be having a very beautiful security system. Right? So only ones who can guard it, only the ones who can, nobody can take those things away. They only can retain those kind of gems. So who can touch the, uh, you know, uh, Krishna and take away the gem? Nobody. Kiska himmat ne hota hai. So he has taken that. Alright. Then we come to Apsaras. Now Apsaras are what? They are supposed to be the prostitutes. Right? What are they doing actually? They fulfill the lusty desires. Fulfillment of the lusty desires. Our world, think about it. First, we have removed all the negativity. Right? Second, we have taken into account all the negative thoughts also. They go very fast, I told you. Third, we have thought in terms of what is the best that we can achieve in terms of the elephant. Remember the elephant. Now we have come to the gems. What is the ultimate that can be? See, 
Now, suppose you are a clerk in an organization. Can you think in terms of becoming the CEO immediately in the next interview? No, you cannot think, think in terms of becoming a CEO. You have to go to the next level, isn't it? And always the next level is what a person can think of. So you have to think in those terms of the next levels. And that is the reason why our thought progression has to happen like that. So we cannot think in terms of the ultimate, but we can definitely say, I can reach the ultimate. Right? So that is the gems. After that we come to the apsaras, the prostitutes. Why are the prostitutes there? And they are distributed evenly, everywhere. That means the lusty desires for owning and getting things in our material world is very, very high. Everybody wants it. What does everybody want? Satisfaction of their desires, isn't it? We want to satisfy our desires. After I finish, I will give you some examples so that you can correlate these one by one. Okay? Just now, just go over this. It's still we have to complete uh, Mohini and after that lot of things. So the end will be quite um, finale I have to do. What? Big show. Uh, like they have the trapeze artist and all doing all that. And then the big, you know in circus what they do, no? Starting me wo aega, top message aega, you know monkey, the jokers are coming, everybody is happening. And then finally there is a big finale. The big net is put and then they have the trapeze ding 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 going up. It's a big show. So finally the sequence, last sequence you have to wait for. But the in between sequence is also interesting. So you can listen to them. So then what happens? The Apsaras have come. And after the Apsaras have come, then what happens? Then the goddess of fortune. Fortune shines on a person, isn't it? But fortune means what? You work hard, you are struggling to do something and then you are putting efforts. Thereafter that, Putting in all the efforts, what happens? It's like, think about it as a painter. Think about it as a painter. What happens to a painter? First, he's supposed to think about the painting. Right? He thinks, okay, now I'm going to draw like this, like this, like this, like this. Something like that he's going to think. After that, he has to get the canvas. There's a lot of process which goes into it. It does just don't get a painting like that on the spur of the minute, isn't it? No, you have to do it slowly and steadily. So here what is happening? Very simply, process is happening. And in the process, one of the very important things that is coming out of this churning is called Lakshmi. Alright? I think, uh, Brito, this thing is a little bit uh, frozen, no? You will have to do something about it. (laughs) Anyway, so, hers is exquisite beauty. She is full of grandeur, she is full of beauty, so on and so forth. Okay, good. So, what is happening over there is, Lakshmiji is coming. From this churning, whatever activity that you do in your world, you always think in terms of attaining the highest, the best, Money matters and all that, isn't it? We all think in those terms, isn't it? Isn't it? Even in our work also, we do something, we are going to get some benefits out of it. So, benefits is what is called Lakshmi. Lakshmi in the, in the material world translates into money, richness, glory, grandeur. Isn't that what she is translated into? So, Lakshmi is translated into that. But now, like I said, I will go slowly over those verses. Everybody desires that. Everybody desires glory, grandeur, money, power, all these things. Everybody wants it, isn't it? So, now what she does? She is going to think about what are the things that are associated with her. Every god comes and gives her something. That means with money comes richness. Now suppose you have great amount of money with you. Naturally you will buy a good house. You will buy a fancy car. Are you not going to spend the money getting all those things? So naturally when you have some, you will have servants. You will have, you know, your, your even, even the stupidest of the things in your house will be very, very beautiful and grand. You will have carpets. 
you will have beautiful chandeliers so on and so forth all these things you are going to keep so now coming back to this so all the gods are giving her all these kind of stuff now whom does she go to so now we will see once she has seen this whole process all these people around whom does she get married to finally whom who is this person so while walking in the gandharvas and all she sees what is this that she sees she is seeing that none of them were devoid of faults who can retain money who can retain grandeur who can retain glory retention retention you understand retention means what keeping it with themselves so who are the people who can retain it she is now going to every different person and see can somebody retain this that is the glory of lakshmi herself who can retain so she examines the assembly someone who has gone great austerity and not conquered anger you may have been the most austere person on earth you have gone to the level of going to the mountains and sitting there for hours and hours and hours and yet you are full of anger that person can never have lakshmi lakshmi understand opulence glory grandeur i don't want to keep on repeating so next time i'll say you will not have lakshmi second somebody who possesses knowledge but has never conquered material desires now people those who have great knowledge in their world look at them how they are running after material worldly stuff you should have the knowledge but not have that craving for material worldly stuff right someone is a great personality but he cannot conquer lusty desires great personalities ministers prime ministers presidents generals you know all the great people managing directors directors other big big people in the world they may be very great people but lust they have never conquered lust so for i do not stay with such type of people lakshmi says the great controller even a great personality depends on something else someone may possess full knowledge of religion but still not be kind to living entities a person is able to spout different different stuff today in today's day and age there is a great debate going on in certain states in the united states people are talking about religious stuff but when it comes to like yesterday there was one very beautiful article which to- talked about a person saying when we do not treat our women properly what do you think that we will treat the gays properly is a statement made by some great politician so in such type of places even after being religious in nature spouting different different verses these people are not at all conducive to the human world they are they are basically looking for wrong stuff they are not kind where humans and demigods may have renunciation but there is no cause of liberation people might have renounced people say i have renounced i don't want the fruit of action but they are never liberated liberation means what a person can say i am a renunciate i wear orange clothes see i am the great renunciate in this world but they are thinking of small things why they may be thinking of oh my god kal mai kya karega oh my god parso mai kya karega where are they liberated liberation means you should be free free from everything wherever you can go whatever you can do free to the sky free to the earth free to the heavens free to everywhere if you have to eat something which is stupid enough you should be able to eat it like even a dry roti if you are offered the greatest of the gifts also you should have that as well is a person free there is always a desire so these kind of people those who have renounced the world yet they are not free such type of people i don't go to 
Some may possess great powers and unable to check the power of eternal time. You may have power, but you cannot control time. Time is never under your control. For the person who can control time, I will be his. Someone may have renounced attachment to material body, but he cannot compare to Supreme Personality of Godhead. You might have said, you know, I don't care for my body. But that person doesn't give a damn about God. <laughs> that person is not right. No one is completely free from this. Someone will have longevity, but no auspicious or good behavior. Person may live for long, but no good behavior. Someone may have auspiciousness and good behavior, but the duration of life is not fixed. Although demigods as Lord Shiva, Shiva and all great gods are there. Like I told you, you know, they are the managers. They, But they, where do they live? In crematoriums. Is there glory over there? Is there money over there? Is there grandeur in crematoriums? No. If they are well qualified in all respects, they are not the devotee of the Supreme God. So in this way, the goddess of fortune, she doesn't find anybody. So, the pure, true opulence, the grandeur and the glory in this world is only with one person. And that is the Supreme Personality of Godhead called Krishna. So she goes to him. After that, what, what happens? Then all these different, different lokas, the people, everybody that is there, they all pray to her. And then they praise her. And then thereafter, What else is coming out of it? Then the next person that comes out of it is called Dhanvantri. Dhanvantri means medicine man. The one who can rectify a lot of negative powers in us. What is that? You will find that after the grandeur and the opulence that comes in our way, what is the next thing that happens? Dhanvantri. Which means what? Can we overcome the diseases can we overcome the diseases of our body? You may have the greatest of the gifts. You know, you may have a great money, lot of stuff and all that. But if you are stricken with cancer, what happens? Somebody else will have to cook your meal. Okay? Tim Cook. You are no more in the world to look after that grandeur and glory. Understood? So likewise, the next person that comes is Dhanavantri. So like that, these, these are different kinds of people that come. And we have come to the end where it says that from the ocean comes the next person. And that is, who is that person? She is none other than Vishnu himself or Krishna himself in the form of a lady whose name is Mohini. Mohini means enticement. Enticement, you know, entice. I, you want me? You want me like that. In our world, we have enticement. Yes. So, that is what? So, we have come to the end of the chapter. So, I shall see you all tomorrow. And so far, whatever I could, in this chapter, I have explained. Like I said, once we come to the end of this whole churning, that time we will give the whole story in a very big format. Alright? Well then, I shall see you all later. Take care.